I see the opportunity, obviously, and what we could do and the impacts that we could make in this, this whole content marketing space. And then what it really allows people to do is, is spend more time like promoting that content, right? Mm-hmm. And distributing it and, and actually doing something that's that's meaningful to like drive traffic and awareness versus like spending so much time in the expense of like creating that content up front. And so, you know, we're we're just helping kind of shift where that time is spent in, in the content marketing game. This is digital marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you updated on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you focus on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Justin McGill, the founder of Content Scale, and we're talking uh, SaaS development and just how crazy the AI industry is. So welcome, oh. Justin. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. So I know you guys just came out with a huge uh, update, uh, Content Scale 2.0, I think you're calling it. Uh, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> and how did yeah. you get to, to this point? Because this is actually, this is a huge development. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's uh, crazy timing. It just so happened. It uh, was not planned uh, to, to do that today before we recorded. But we, in fact, we started this rollout yesterday. Uh, my, my team lead on the development side, put in a full 24 hour shift straight. He took like one 20 minute break in there. So it's been, uh, it's been a little hectic, uh, the last couple of days, but no, it's been well worth it. Uh, it's being well received. I mean, the, the updates, I mean, so just for context, like the platform basically allows you to, uh, historically just put in a keyword that you wanted to rank for and put together an article, right. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, whereas now, like you can put in a YouTube video URL, a podcast episode link, uh, you know, a custom file if you wanted to. Even like maybe you have competitors or something, right? That have a great blog. You could you could take those URLs, and then get a whole fresh new article, right? Like it's not a summary, it's not a transcription, it's not a rewrite. I mean, it's like a whole fresh new article. Um, and you know, the quality is just crazy right now. I mean, we've got links to credible sources, so like. A lot of times with AI content, right? There's hallucinations, as they call it, um, and so that's cut back dramatically. We're we're looking at the top ranking content, and then using natural language processing to identify relevant keywords, and and that's included within the content. Um, you know now, right? And so all just super cutting edge stuff. I mean, you're talking about a publish ready article, you know, right out of the box now, which is pretty pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, what Julia has shown us during multiple presentations now is that you can literally take any topic. And just if you're, you know, listening right now, and you're thinking like, oh, yeah, I could generate an article using ChatGPT. Yes, you can. But it's not a good article. Most of the time, it's a really basic article that if you're an editor, you're going to have to, you know, tear apart, rewrite, check the sources for the content, because sometimes it just makes up quotations and statistics uh and doesn't doesn't have the sources now other platforms like i know uh bing's you know chat function like well here's the three sources but it's not an article and so i i think people need to understand the difference between you know just writing an article using chat gpt and what you guys which is really a specialty platform that writes long form reading content uh like professional grade content I think that's, is that the best, is kind of how you guys Yeah, totally. It? And with this update in particular, I mean, like it's literally any, I mean, whether they're 
you know, we, we always like would push people down like the informational type keyword as historically, that's what the platform did best. Whereas now it just doesn't matter. I mean, it can be transactional. It could be recipes. It could be, you know, what, whatever keyword you, you wanted to put in, um, you know, it's just there. And then the links too, it's not like just, you know, source, right. It's like actually using anchor text and, mm. and it's relevant. And then we're checking to make sure that the link's not dead and, you know, stuff like that. So pretty, uh, pretty crazy little process there for sure. That's huge, Ron. I think I think the features you guys are adding are crazy too. So you know, just in terms of the subject of this episode, I've always been super interested in the the SaaS development process because right now you see a million AI companies that are popping up, right. and they basically take a you know the Open AI API and just like, oh, here you go, I'll throw together whatever service and charge twenty bucks a month for it. Um, I think that's the, you know, opportunistic type person where you guys have actually done two years of development, your existing product functions, you know, it actually does what you say it's going to do really well. And now how did you actually get to the point where you're actually doing a 2.0 where you've made these enormous upgrades? Did you listen to the audience or like your existing customers or what was kind of your development cycle to come out with what you guys just did? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when, when a lot of these tools, I mean, I saw something where, uh, it was like over a thousand AI tools launched last month, right? Just in March. Like it was just, it's just crazy. There's, there's a hundred of them every day. It seems like, um, and a lot of them, obviously they're, they're a simple API call to like open AI or something. Right. So, um, which, which is fine. Right. And, and I think it works great for like more general purpose type tools. So like Jasper and, and things of that nature, um, where if you want ideas or things like that, um, when we launched, we were like the first to just focus on long form SEO content. And so I kind of felt like that was probably what the primary use case of Jasper would be for at least a, a lot of people, uh, enough for me to worry about. Right. And so, um, that was kind of the, the, the focus is just being, you know, on, on long form SEO content. I have a background. So 2008, I owned an agency that focused on SEO and, and content marketing. And I mean, we were doing, content spinners and everything else to try and, and scale it right and it's like this is this is like the perfect version of all of that I mean it's like the dream type tool for what I had with an agency and then uh, fast forward I, I launched my first SaaS uh, company in 2014 called Leafuse and, and it was an outbound sales tool but it like relies 100% on inbound and so I felt like even if no one else saw the value in this like I would be able to use it right so it was worth it just from that perspective um, we tried to launch, we were like the first to openly talk about our, our like a content service being delivered through AI. Mm. That was like in December, 2021. And other people were using it. I'm not saying we were the first to use AI to deliver content, but no one else said it that they did, right? They were trying to hide that fact. Mm. We were, we were pretty vocal about it. And then um, I went and sold like 30,000 in, in revenue in like the first three weeks and then realized the AI was nowhere near ready to, to handle it. And that was a nightmare. We had to like pause subscriptions for months and everything else and go back to the drawing board by and large. And so that was a, that was a trying time, but, you know, fast forward in another like six months from that point and things had progressed to a point where I just felt comfortable launching. So that was in September. Um, and I mean, literally within that first month, we were at 50 K MRR and I mean, just rolling, you know, like it was, it was, it was moving. Um, and then just from there through feedback, um, I would look at every cancellation, you know, I, we had a form that, that captured all that feedback, right? I'm, I'm looking at that. 
Um, and then we just started to put together, you know, everything we needed to, you know, take this to the next level. And so, you know, we, we rebuilt it, which, uh, is kind of crazy, but there was a lot of stuff in there over, you know, 15 months plus of development that was no longer even relevant. Uh, and so we just went back to the drawing board, um, and, and really just, just rebuilt it this whole quarter, uh, or this past quarter, I should say, now that we're into quarter two. And, um, you know, that was a little concerning because we, it took us a while to like release new things, right? I mean, we started this in January and, and kind of went three months without any real new features or anything, minor things here and there, but we were working on such this, like this, this whole massive update, um, that just came out. And so, yeah, it's been, a been a little hectic, but that, that's the whole like kind of arc Psycho. there. That's fantastic. Well, and the fact that you've been able to make that many changes in three months. And, you know, I do like that you didn't drip it out because sometimes you'll get an app and you'll be like, I like this app, but it's sort of crap, but it's still useful <laughs> enough where I'll keep using it. Uh, but if actually the drip of features will turn you off to it too, because you're like, oh, great, you guys, you changed that. <laughs> like yeah. that's the thing you changed and you didn't fix all this other crap. So no, I, I do like the approach of kind of, you know, stacking those updates into one big update, which I acknowledge when you said 2.0, you didn't say 1.1, 1. 1, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was just too big of a, too big of an update to to label it anything, but you know, it's interesting. I, I had to prepare the team. So like when, when I launched the the first version I mean, I literally just had a clip art logo. I, I didn't know what was going to happen, right? And I'm like, I'll just throw this logo up and then we'll just figure it out. We can always re, Fix it. you know, brand it or change <laughs> it later, right? Um, but so when we rolled out like the new kind of branding, uh, this was kind of Julia's project uh, about a month or so ago. And, and I was like telling everyone, I'm like, listen, like people just hate change, right? So we're going to get blasted for it and people are going to be upset or whatever. And no one was. And then I was like, wow, I guess our logo is really bad. Like no one even complained that we changed it, right? <laughs> and so then even with this update, I'm like, guys, listen, this is a big change. I mean, we were just using like a bootstrap theme, uh, you know, to for our old version, right? Like our beta, beta version. And I was like, but people don't like change. I mean, we're going to hear about it, right? Um, expect a lot of tickets about, well, why did you do this? And what happened to this? Yeah. And I can't find this. And not one so far, right? So I'm like, wow. again, I'm like, man, this 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 must have been really bad. But you know, ah, no, but I think I think maybe you have the modern development cycle where it's not like, hey, we're going to tell you what's good with this new update, which I think is what companies historically have done, where it's like Google doesn't ask for any feedback. They just do stupid things all the time. All right. All right. <laughs> Whereas you guys right. were like, no, we're going to listen to the feedback. We're going to give you something that's good enough right now that obviously is a beta. And then yeah. we're going to come out with the actual thing which, you know, that wasn't even a beta, but now it's even better. And so yeah, that's a great I, point. I think from yeah. a startup perspective, that's a great way to do it because nothing's worse than going into a brand that looks polished and finding out that it's not. Right. You know, you know we can, we did keep a beta label and Julie has been fighting me on this. And, and so we're taking it off now, but um, I, I liked it for a number of reasons. And one was expectation setting there's going to be UX issues or things that don't work right or whatever. And people are going to be, um, you know, more accepting. And then also they know they're in early, right. And, and it's kind of, they're, they're an early adopter type of a thing. But then also what I noticed was people are a lot more forthcoming with feedback mm. too. And so they want it to be better. Right. And so they're willing to, to share that. Um, 
she won ultimately she's she's well you know you actually served as a model here where i mean she's managed to move her way up to president now and she's like <laughs> you know mark's doing it a digital marketer and so now she's president you know and and um so i'm letting her make that call and so we're we're gonna drop the beta label now that this new version's out but uh that's fantastic yeah, I, though i see positives for sure but it, it's time you know i gotta graduate at some point well, yeah. Well, and I think it shows that you guys are developing along the path where a lot of these newbies that are coming out that have really served nobody yet and are just kind of like cash and checks uh, are probably going to end up going away because there's no way they'll they'll figure things out. You know, I say the same thing about like like Tesla and electric cars where I'm like, oh, yeah, the Tesla killer. You see that article come up like yeah, all yeah. the time. You're like, they've been doing this for like a dozen Too years. Long. Yeah, you can't expect to catch up to them like tomorrow just because you feel like it or you yeah. think you're you have enough money to to force your way through it's like no development cycles are cycles for a reason <laughs> like because well and I, I just i was just having this conversation with somebody earlier today in fact and they were like well are you concerned that the competition is going to come and and try to replicate what you're doing I'm like, of course they are you know yeah. i'm like but by the time they do that we'll have the next thing and we've already got all that planned right so you know when and that's the beauty of a obviously kind of being at this for a while, we're not just like, oh, this is a cool, we could just plug into this API and here we go. We're an AI tool now, right? Yeah. Um, but we've been at it for a while, number one. And then, you know, we're really building like a world-class marketing team. I mean, so, you know, a lot of, I mean, you, you know, you're obviously familiar with Julia. I mean, she's run a content agency before and had a seven-figure exit and all that, right? And and same with me. I mean, I've, I've built up an agency in the past as well. And so like we, we're coming at this with a lot of experience for the the problem that we're trying to solve, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that, like that long form SEO driven content. And I think that helps us differentiate too, versus just trying to, you know, be that more general purpose, like, hey, I need some YouTube ideas or, you know, could use some title ideas for this presentation or something. Like that's not us, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, so I think us just staying focused on this one problem will allow us to, you know, continue to stay ahead for this too. Oh, I, I completely agree with that because it's, uh, I think now since we, like you said, a thousand apps last month, people are starting to get like AI burnout where it's like, right. before I was like, I've signed up for everything. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'll try it. I'll see how it goes. And now I'm kind of like, ah, well, does it do like, how much does it do? I can't have one solution for all these things. Now your guys' solution, I think you've done a great job of niching, but niching in a way that's still enough, significant. Yeah, It's big yeah. enough where well, and like, like, and and really, you guys, your tool was so useful already. You could have just stopped. You could have just said, like, <laughs> you know what, this is good enough. We're better than like everybody else out there. It's fine. But instead, you guys just added like just some massive features that are going to lead to, I don't know how much content you're going to break the content game. I know. <laughs> it's almost like it's it's just so easy now is the thing, and and you know the things that we're working on now and and we'll be releasing in the future too is it's crazy. It is, it is crazy. So it's like, I see the opportunity obviously and what we could do and the impacts that we could make in this, this whole content marketing space. And then what it really allows people to do is, is spend more time like promoting that content, right. Mm -hmm. And distributing it and, and actually doing something that's, that's meaningful to like drive traffic and awareness versus like spending so much time in the expense of like creating that content up front. And so, you know, we're, we're just helping kind of shift where that time is spent in, in the content marketing game, not necessarily, you know, looking at this from a, you know, let's wipe out all these jobs or, you know, replace all these content writers and stuff. It's like, well, like, A, they should be adapting to the technology, but B, like, 
start start using that time now to to promote that content, right? And do mm-hmm. do additional things, you know, to build the brand and the traffic and everything else. So Oh yeah. Well, even just yeah. interacting with your customers like you guys have done, because it, it is very easy. Cause I, you know, we teach strategy here at digital marketer where I'm like, Hey, if you just have a strategy and you do things consistently, you're already going to be ahead of like 95% of your competitors. So let's just worry about that. But now we could say, Hey, we're not just going to have a strategy, but we can execute all of the content instantly. And actually a lot of the strategy, you know, strategic components, the frameworks that we teach, we can now use an AI, have people do it in, 10 minutes where the same task would have taken three to 10 hours. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And now you could talk to more customers and you could do more events and you could uh, interact with people, you know, through social a lot more than you could before, because you're not just worried about like, Hey, crap, we have a newsletter on Monday. Newsletter is the primary driver of our, you know, traffic on the website. So now I have to worry about that when I should be doing this. So I I think that's a great way to look at it. Like, you know, it's not replacing jobs. It's just freeing up your time for stuff that requires redistributing, (laughs) redistributing. There you go. redistributing Uh, But no, that's great. And and I love the, because I think I saw Julie's last presentation she gave when she was at, or was she, I think it was the certified partner training day, which you were at. And yeah. she just had the chart where it's like, no, you were spending your time here, you know, content creation. And now you can spend your time doing the fun stuff, ideation right. and uh, measuring and optimizing and all that, you know, cool stuff that's not like sitting and researching. It's that's fantastic. a great point, actually. You just brought up one of those, which is like updating your your old content, right? I mean, so you could use a system like this or and eventually, whether it's us or who, whatever you do, right? But it's going to become table stakes because it's just, it's how you can rank for so many different keywords at volume. And then it becomes like, okay, well, what else are you doing, right? With links or whatever. But an, a part, you know, an important step in that process that, that, I mean, everyone overlooks is going back and updating old content that, you know, used to perform that's now on page two or three because there's new articles and fresher takes on things. And so your content has dropped, but everyone's so focused on, you know, spending all that time creating the new content mm. that they're not going back and updating old content. And I mean, that's a whole opportunity there in itself that, you know, you you likely wouldn't have had time to do prior, right? But now yeah. that you don't need to spend so much time optimizing that, that's a great use of your time. Well, a lot of times where people just, they just won't do the task. You know, I'm like that right. where I'm like, I know this is going to take a long time. I don't know if it's actually going to perform. Like I might just be thinking it's a good topic, but it's not. Right. And then now I can still do the topic, still not waste a bunch of time and still get the content out because actually creating the stuff is so easy. Like right. it actually makes less sense for me not to do it. Whereas right. before, yeah. I mean, I don't want to spend 10 hours on an article, you know, yeah. if, unless I know Publish- what's going to hit publish 50 of them and it's like okay yeah these five are are gaining some traction yeah. you know and it's like let's go back and really focus on those and add a video or add a pod- oh. relevant podcast or you know what i mean like something like that to really help it stand out right so no that's yeah, no, that's that well and just for the testing purposes just that alone would be mm-hmm. worth it because now you could actually create the content test the content to your audience and then find out if it's worth it for you to spend more time on the content and create something that's even bigger or maybe just identify a category of content that you should make because you made right. five different categories test it out oh it looks like this is what people are interested in and then start building topical authority yeah right because you're covering you know a topic super in depth yeah we're seeing that i mean our, our ai detector has been a huge success and and so now like anytime we're talking ai detection i mean it's just like we're right there you know page one right i mean it's like no no problem because google knows 
that were an authority on that subject. And so now it's like, okay, we, we've got to branch off of that, right? And start talking more like AI content things and, and not just like detection. Um, but yeah, we were, so we were kind of early to the AI detection game and just got lucky there, I think, where we were, we were the first company to, to like focus on undetectable AI content. We kept hearing it over. Well, what if Google detects it? Uh, am I going to get in trouble? What happens if Google sees it? Right. And so we're like, okay, like a, it's a valid point. And this was something I was concerned about even before I launched. And then B, how do we, how do we ease people's concerns with that and, and mm -hmm. overcome that objection? And so um, there was a, a script by Hugging Face out there that that could, you know, detect older versions of, of it was like GPT-2 at the time. And so um, we kind of piggyback off of that and then um, started to build out uh, layers on top of the AI that would, you know, circumvent that basically and, and become undetectable. And so then that became our, our differentiator for a while, actually. But, you know, this whole space, right? I mean, you're, and you're seeing it, it's just moving so fast that it's just even AI detection is, is like less of a concern now. It's like crazy. Then Google's come out saying that it's okay. Right. Like now that's not okay. That's, that's okay again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think they're just going to reward you number one rankings necessarily, but they're, they're also not going to punish you. Right. So yeah. um, I think a lot of times now it's just being used because you have companies like, and I'm, I'm talking about the, like the, the uh, detector, you've got companies that are paying writers, right? Like for, for actual human written words, because they think whatever, right? Makes they value difference. that more. And so now they're, you know, they're all well, this full priced article I just paid for, is this actually AI or not, right? And so I think there's just more people, it's it's almost like for people that haven't quite wrapped their minds around yeah. it yet, you know? No, it makes sense. All right, so as we talked, you know, you mentioned SEO a little bit, I'm gonna ask this question, because I, yeah. you know, my concern about SEO, because we're actually building out a new SEO cert, and I'm like, oh, crap, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> because my main concern is that companies like Google will find that doing generative content is more profitable than doing search, where it's like, wow, why, why should we send traffic anywhere? Because we could just generate articles ourselves based on the user preferences, because Google has probably more information about you than your doctor. Uh, yeah. so, uh, what, what's your theory there? Do you think that search is going to fundamentally change or maybe become less, uh, important than it has been in the past, or could it potentially be replaced by generative solutions, uh, fed to us by large companies? Yeah, I think, you know, and, and it's a valid concern. I think ultimately if Google doesn't start to credit the sources, like you're seeing with Bing, I think, I think over time, you're going to start seeing people not be so willing to feed their beast, right? And so if they don't have fresh content being delivered to them, I mean, that that exposes them and, and is a huge potential risk. I would be shocked if Google does not do more to surface their like the source content and allow you to go deeper. Um, I think it would be a huge misstep if they if they didn't do that to the public, like to the public, there's no reason for a publisher to grant Google access then, yeah. right? If they're not going to see any benefit from it. And so I just, I, I think and over time, immediately that won't be a, a big deal, but yeah. fast forward three or four years when all their data is outdated, right? Like, and that's the problem too, with chat GPT right now, right? I mean, the model's updated to September of 2021. So if you're going to chat GPT, anything after that, like you're not really going to get up to date information. And so for some things that's fine, but like, you know, if, if Google hasn't been fed information for four years, 
you know, that, that, that data is not going to be nearly as relevant. Right. So uh, I think that's a potential risk that, that they would have if they, if they didn't attribute, you know, things to, to sources, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, do I anticipate that, you know, their search engine just shutting off and going a totally different route? I don't, I don't see that. Um, not definitely not any time in the immediate future, but, um, you know, I just think there's too much risk there if they, if they did that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, well, maybe we're in just like this golden era where we could generate as much content as we want using AI and not have it and have it have the same effect that it would have you know, a year ago or two years ago relative to, you know, search engine traffic. Um, so yeah, people, you know, jump on board. Oh, like I was telling Julia, I'm like, well, and if I was back in my magazine making days, like I could create an entire magazine from scratch with using zero writers and only right. myself and completely simplify the whole process. Right. It, it'd probably be better too. And this yeah. is, and actually, you know, consistent and it's all, you know, like, yeah. you're not going to miss a deadline. You're not, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the, well, the like process that, but, of managing that is. Yeah. Trying to deal with writers and trying to right. deal with the egos of writers and then corrections and then modifications based on the whatever preferences of who's contributing the content. And, and the inconsistencies from one writer to the next. And uh, no, it's, it's, it's enormous. You know, that's I mean, the other thing too is like if and if you're doing this as a service the the expertise that you need for these different industries right and and like now you got to go find a writer that really knows fashion or really knows health or whatever and it's like you know if you're using oh, ai yeah. I mean, it doesn't they know everything right so it's like just so much more convenient well and i think a lot of industries that are historically complex as you know ai continues to get better you know you'll have a lot more content creators because i can't create content for i don't know uh engineering cad projects that blah 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 <laughs> that are designed for aerospace application blah, blah, blah. right no those guys i can't write a piece for an engineer audience and expect not to get torn apart and so right. then you end up with the same five people probably writing everybody's content because they right. understand it and you don't have that anymore so i i really think because okay. everybody's always worried about like well well humans aren't even necessary anymore it's like <laughs> We're the ones consuming the content. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why it's being made. So right. I think we'll be fine. But uh, no, it's good to hear that you think that's going to take three, four years for any kind of like real effect to happen, you know, in terms and I of- think they would just be making a, a major mistake, in my opinion. I, I think I think Bing's doing a great job the way they're their way they're doing this. Um, you know, if they, they picked a battle that, that they just might be able to win at least for a little bit, which <laughs> is pretty cool. before. <laughs> big comeback story. Uh, but you know, they have the sources and everything. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, I, I got into this discussion with someone before where I kind of like the, the, the like keyword driven domain all of a sudden now too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's sometimes the only thing you see is just, you know, the, the domain. And so if you're, Obviously, everyone knows Nike, but if you didn't know Nike and you're looking up running shoes and you just see nike.com, yeah. like, you know, you don't know what that is, right? So you see digital marketer on there, right? Or continent scale or whatever. You, you have a really good idea of what that domain is about uh, before you even click through. So mm-hmm. it's funny, like we, we talked about, you know, do we do we just stick with this name? I mean, we, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a whole lot that went into it, you know, it was just like, yeah, it's, it explains what we do and it's .ai, so let's roll with it, you know? Um, 
but I'm seeing kind of where, how this attribution is happening. And it's like, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea to have a keyword rich domain again, you know, like yeah, for, for reasons other than trying to game the system, right. Which was what it was before, but now it's actually to, to indicate to a person searching that, you know, this is probably relevant to what you're looking for. So. Oh yeah. Well, well, and just from a, a content strategy as a whole, like, I think you guys are, are really nailing it because I, I always tell people when I teach content, I'm like, Hey, if you're not answering every question your customer has, then they're getting the answer from somebody else, most likely your competitors. Right. So you literally have to answer every question because one, your answer is going to be different than anybody else's. And two, you don't want to send traffic other places. But right. the, the whole caveat with that is nobody has enough time to create all the content you would actually have to create until now. Right. So I, I, great, I'm going to have to, I'll save that one. That's a good one, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, they're yeah. going to look for that answer somewhere. They're going to find it you, too. You know? You know, and so that's why everybody's well, because I always used to make content. Like, well, we don't need to answer the basic question because there's a thousand articles on that. I'm like, it doesn't matter. They're not your articles. So you trust right. Joe, your competitor down the street to give an answer to your customer. One, you're not even going to agree with it. You're going to think he's wrong. And two, other people are answering that question and they're way less qualified to you than you. So you're being right. irresponsible by not answering that question. So how do you feel about it now? right <laughs> sign up here sign right. up here <laughs> but you don't have time so you use content scale they'll do all the actual hard work for you and you just right. need to worry about the topic and how you show people the information and and there you go now, now yeah. you could and if you really feel bad about it then if you have an article that hits go ahead and rewrite it from scratch right yourself yeah <laughs> don't waste your do time it. hoping it does <laughs> well you, you know people feel good you know it's it's really just a fear of missing out right it's fomo that i'm gonna waste all this time making an article that nobody's gonna read so i'm just not gonna do it in the first place right. but you guys take that away and now there's no excuse for people not to make content so um i think what you guys are doing is awesome and awesome. and i think Thank your you. development you know cycle uh bringing on julia i mean that was that was a stroke of genius too so i think you guys are <laughs> You know, uh, she, she, she found us through, um, a video by Adam Monfroy, who's, who's a partner of ours. And, huh? um, he's like one of the largest affiliate marketers in the world, you know? And so she was, she saw us featured in a video that he put together and was like, I got to check this out, you know? And so she signed up, uh, to be an affiliate and, and sent me an email saying, well, how are you going to handle like factual accuracy? You know, she's like, I've been talking to all these AI tools and it's all a problem and no one seems to really care about it. And so I had responded that, you know, we're, we're actually working on this and we're going to roll it out this spring where we're going to be linking to the sources and, mm -hmm. and build that right into the content with the right anchor text and everything else. And literally, I, it's funny because I was looking at my inbox and, and over, a, so this was on a Friday, by that Monday morning, it, I looked her uh, email or her name up in my email and it was over 50 emails like we'd already gone to like page two in my inbox right and so we had a lot of correspondence and then monday we we talked and it was like let's do this you know so it was the fastest hire i think i've ever made wow. uh she was promoted twice and, and is already president of the company so it's been uh, it's been a wild <laughs> where'd she go next from here <laughs> yeah yeah oh. crazy story there for sure but you know listen i mean i i had yet to ever meet somebody that could outwork me and she does. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, it, she is a machine and it was, it just blew me away. Like the volume of her output is just insane. And so, 
listen, I was like, well, I mean, we can't, we can't lose her. Right. So, uh, you know, she came up with this idea of, uh, becoming president. And, and like I said, she used you as an example. So I looked that up and was checking out what, you know, how Ryan Dice and what he was doing. I'm like, okay, yeah, this will work. I like it. Let's do it. So, did, well, like I said, I, I think you guys are doing a great job. I think your your development cycle is awesome. I think the fact that you, you're still pushing features and, you know, developing the product, even though it's already a really good product is, is super impressive as well. So I'm looking sure. forward to seeing what you guys do. Thanks, Mark. So when's the next update? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some really cool stuff coming, uh, you know, with like a Shopify plugin. And, and right now, like we support a bunch of languages but it's through translation, which admittedly mm -hmm. kind of sucks. Um, you know, like it doesn't, you know, like in, in Europe, right. It's a flat here. It's an apartment and, mm -hmm. you know, and like, so just yeah. stuff like that. Um, but here shortly, we're going to be actually like writing in, in like that native language to begin wow. with. And we'll be researching the sites in their native languages, right. Their, their local search queries and everything else that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll search uh, Google, so it, it's going to be awesome. Um, so those are some things that we're, you know, we're rolling out. But one thing I've learned is to never give the exact date. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it just doesn't That's happen like idea. that. Uh, in fact, this update that we rolled out today, uh, as of last Friday, I was like, it's coming on Monday. And that didn't even happen. So, yeah, it's uh, who knows, but it's coming. It's on the horizon, as I like to say. So That's awesome. it's coming next. Well, like I said, the fact that you've been able to implement that much since January. I mean, it's incredible. And, and we've seen the demo several times and the product itself is just incredible. So I'm excited to get back on today and check out all these new features. So yeah, thank you, you for making this out, happen. <laughs> Love to hear your feedback once you see it. It's crazy. Awesome. So how can people find out more about you and content scale? Yeah. So uh, you can hit me up, Justin at content scale.ai. You can go to the website, content scale.ai. Uh, we do a lot on social. You, I mean, Julia's all over the place. We've got an awesome video person. I mean, we're just pumping out video content left and right as well on YouTube. So I don't think, you know, I don't think you can miss us, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Justin. Uh, like I said, I think you guys are doing uh, very impressive things. And you're a testament to the whole AI development industry. Because I've, I mean, I see quite a few and you guys, you guys have done a great job. Killer, man. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all 
day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.